Greetings from... Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't done it in so long, I forgot what to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> we fail as podcasters. Oh. Uh, well, I never said we were, but uh, let's start over. <clears throat> I can edit this in uh, post, actually. I'll take it off the so front. Oh, yeah, it always too does. easy to have post. What are we talking about? That's uh, true. All right. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is the apocalypse nerd, and I'm Scott Glancy, coming to you from our new, well, at least me, from my new uh, studio, because uh, as I posted before, there were some slight delays due to the move apocalypse, um, <laughs> so we, I had to uh, delay a little bit because I was still putting the office back together and everything, but I got all the technology working now, so we're able to uh, get going again. I still got a little little bit more work to do in here. You but, still have uh, a monkey infestation. The monkey is <laughs> the monkey is, Did you abandon it? Did you leave it in a dumpster that followed you? No, the, the monkey never, never leaves. Okay, the <laughs> monkey's always with us. And there's, I'll let you know, there are monkeys all over this house. There's monkeys in the kitchen, monkeys in the bedroom. They're always watching. <laughs> I'm not really sure that's the way you should refer to your girlfriend as, as a monkey, sir, but all right. You, well, <laughs> well, well, we're all praying. Does she watch this podcast? Are you in trouble now? Oh, thank God she doesn't. But, uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're all primates around here, so... But yes, uh, we're back. Uh, I said I got all my crap together. I said it took a little while just to get everything together. Uh, we appreciate your patience. So we're uh, ready to go here. Um, this, this week we're going to be talking about monster apocalypses. Uh, but before we get into that, because, you know, instead of just a good old boring, you know, radiation, nuclear, viruses, zombies, let's talk about big honking monsters. But before we talk about big honking monsters, we'll see if we got it. Uh, I don't really got a whole lot for much in the news today because I have been just again move apocalypse. That's been my that's been my focus is getting my shit together. But I did run across a couple of at least uh, interesting things. Uh, it's more video game related. Uh, there was a, there's a new video game out for I know at least the Xbox, probably maybe the other platforms called uh, State of Decay. It's a zombie uh, game that uh, has a little bit of RPG element to it where like you start off like you're right out camping and you're back and you can actually find other survivors, build your bases a bit. So it has more of an RPG element to it. So we actually not just railroaded through a bunch of scenarios. So it's like you can yeah. invest and do missions, you know, build your defenses, arm people. So I, I mean I've only delved into it a little bit because I haven't had much time. But uh, it, but it looks interesting so far. It's a little bit different approach of the standard just you know running gun stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's, it's refreshing to see a little bit of a, a change, uh, something different. Fair now. enough. Um, uh, you covered um, Metro 23 First Light. Uh, you mentioned you started playing. Have you finished playing? Uh, no, because I got it right before I had to start the whole packing process. So, like I move said, apocalypse. Move okay. apoc the move apocalypse happened, and it it delayed all other apocalypses. <laughs> so, uh, so I haven't actually. I mean, I started it. Uh, I got into a little bit. It's very, it's very interesting so far because it's uh, you get to see a lot more of the world. It's not just okay. Here's a couple things. It's like. You know, it started. If you've played it before, you know he was uh, kind of working in the end towards uh, these Rangers group, this like elite group. You're part of this group now. They got all this other crap going on. You get to see all these other areas. You get to see like uh, this area called like Venice, uh, where they actually have like it's flooded, so they got like boats and like in the canals and it's. So you're definitely seeing a lot more stuff going on in the world. It's a lot more richer environment than the previous one. So it's, so it's nice. Uh, I like it so far. But and also speaking of big video games, is I've only seen the trailer. It was announced that it's coming out next year. Uh, the trailer doesn't re reveal a whole lot about the game, but because of the movie, which is going to be coming out, they've made a Mad Max video game. Okay, hadn't heard a thing about that. Uh, I was going to say that you know we we we're, the Last of Us, which we'll talk about I guess a little bit during the show. Has the last the Last of Us hasn't dropped yet, has it? No, it has not has, has not dropped it, and I won't be able to see it because it's PS3. So yeah, that's that's my problem as well. Yeah. So, but who knows? You know, a lot of times when these games are exclusives on platforms, if they do well, they wind up eventually porting them to other uh, platforms. So who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see it. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. But yeah, there is a trailer out there for uh, uh, the Mad Max video game. It just basically shows like car drives up, and it looks pretty badass. You know, you're totally max. 
this guy, you run across this guy laying in the road, and he's just like, please kill me, because he's like dying in the middle of the desert, just dried out, dying of thirst. He looks at his gun, he's got one shell, and his shotgun gets back in his car, and he's like, oh, don't leave me. And then next thing you know, the car's barreling down, and I'm going to run his freaking head over. And that that's your trailer. <laughs> Can't spare you the bullet, but I can spare you the mileage. Yeah, I can spare you. I can run you over, so... Uh, so that's so that's all I've really encountered this week. I said it's just between uh, doing this and working and just craziness. I don't have a whole lot this week. Uh, did you run across anything interesting uh, uh, of late? Uh, I have not run across anything except the movie you just saw. Uh, yes. Some invited me to, uh, out to see it tonight. I I was unable to do it, but you just saw. The end is nigh. Uh, the end. The uh, this is the uh, the end is nigh. The end is near. Uh, this is this, this is the movie. end. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> And as a humorous apocalypses go, how'd it go? It was good. Um, most reviews say that there's a little bit of lull in the center, and that was true. It wasn't a very long movie. It's like a, it's like a buck and three quarters, so it's not a super investment in time. It's funny. It's got some good stuff to it. It's, it there's just a little lull in the, in the middle, but it's just funny. It's just humorous because all these actors, it's all the all the all the comedy actors that you know, Seth Rogen. And uh, Jonah Hill, all those people who've been in all these movies together are in this movie. And they're all playing themselves. So they're all hanging out, James Franco, and they're kind of... I heard that was the hardest sell when they were trying to get the movie made is they all wanted to play themselves. Yeah. And play these not very attractive versions yeah. of like themselves. The, these public image kind of exaggerated versions of themselves, like people, how people perceive them, like in the yeah. media... So, but it was good though, because it was funny. They're they're, they're playing these versions of themselves, and uh, it was it was good. It was funny. It's it's worth a see. You know, if you can't can't see it in the theaters, you know, definitely definitely rent it. Um, it was a good night out. I enjoyed it. I laughed. So, uh, so I thought it was pretty funny. You know, as far as apocalypses go, not the not the you know not the you know it's nothing outstanding. It's just more about you know the funny lines, the one-liners are throwing out, how they dealing with the with the with the heinous situation that's going on as they don't know what's going on, and. The fun, I just love the funniest character I love was um what the hell's his name um Robinson the uh, uh the black actor from um a Hot Tub Time Machine I, I can't remember his oh friend. I know who you're talking about but I don't know him from anything except Hot Tub Time Machine and so it's I'm uh not, not his name I mean uh, if only we were hooked up to a system of data. That could allow me to look up the name of this actor. I know it would be so, it would be so it'd weird be so if we could actually do that. do that. You know, maybe we'll be lucky. And Craig, Craig Robinson. Um, oh, lucky you thought of that because there's no way we would have been able to look up that data somewhere. Oh, I'm not saying I looked it up or anything, but uh, no, Craig Robinson. The funniest thing about him, again, uh, not a big spoiler, but you see it in the trailers. He just has like a towel over his shoulder. The entire time, it says Mr. Robinson on it, like his like his monogram of Mr. Robinson. It's like he like never this towel never leaves his side. It's so fucking it's just funny. Just stupid. I I just like stupid shit like that. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, Mr. Robinson, Mr. Robinson, the towel. So so, so so everybody, if you have a chance to see it, I recommend. Uh, uh, it's it's worth it's worth it's worth seeing. So okay. all right, so back around. Now, well, we said we're going to talk about monster apocalypses. So um, I'm going to let Mr. Glancy talk a little bit more about this because he's uh, he's had a little more time to do his homework than I have. But we're going to t- we're going to talk about a little bit more of well, well, what defines a monster apocalypse? And again, apocalypses, like we've always said, aren't necessarily global spanning. They could be uh, in small sections. You know, because a lot of times we talk about apocalypses, but it's apocalypse for an area. Yeah. But but what a good, exa- a good example is 28 days later. Which you know, which in the first movie eats England. It's not good for England, but uh, you know, there it is not the whole world, and it's a great reveal in the film where the guy lays on his back and looks up and sees the contrails, yeah, of a of a jet overhead, and it's like, holy crap, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's just the end of England, you know. Just the end of the world for you, but yeah. uh, so <laughs> so monster apocalypse is we're gonna tell like you know because we need to really define like we were talking about earlier is like well what is a monster apocalypse now. Because we wanted to be able to find, it's like, well, what about, uh, you know, like, um, Independence Day? That's a monster apocalypse. Well, that's more of an alien invasion. So what's the fine line between, like, an alien apocalypse uh, invasion as opposed to monsters? Yeah, and yeah, what are and what are monsters? Are they 
are they sentient? Are they not sentient? Are they only animal intelligence? You know, we got to kind of, you know, maybe define that a little bit. Uh, well, certainly, I, I agree with you right there that, you know, what's the difference between, um, uh, say, for instance, the tri tripods and the War of the Worlds uh, and a monster apocalypse? When you've got these giant war machines stomping around humanity, uh, you know, crushing us down to a level that is no longer threatening to the aliens, but it's really an alien invasion. It's really uh, well, they're not really monsters; they're they're machines. They're it's a, yeah. it's their technology. So it's really an alien invasion. Yeah, uh, same thing with uh, Independence Day or or you know things like that. I, I think that yes, the the aliens have a monstrous aspect, uh, but they're intelligent. They're, they're intelligent. They have an agenda. Yeah, um, and that's going to affect some of the, the things I throw out as examples, but like. For instance, you know, um, uh, one of the things we were looking at originally was large monsters. You know, is it a monster apocalypse if it's big? Like, you know, does it need to be uh, a Cloverfield-sized monster destroying? Godzilla! Godzilla! Does it need to be or, a giant rubber monster? Yeah. Or, or is it a monster apocalypse if the uh, isopods eat everyone from the inside out on uh, the movie The Bay? You know, where it's uh, it has a it has a disease plague sort of aspect to it, but it's not a microbe, it's a macrobe, it's a fucking organism, it's a it's something the size, you know, of a wallet eating its way out of you. You know. Mm. Um, the, the critters are the critters in the bay are quite large. Or they start off microscopic because they get into you as eggs, hatch out, and just keep eating and growing and eating and growing until it kills you from the inside out. Is that a monster apocalypse? Is it well is that like a or is it more like a a disease apocalypse, like, uh, oh, you know, like all the ones we talked about last time, like the stuff from Survivors or uh, the uh, the disease Captain Trips from, you know, uh, Stephen King's. Um, well, well, I think, well, I think if to be a monster, it's definitely got to be, you know, there are intelligent monsters, but I think they need to not be human level or greater intelligence, number I one. I agree. I agree that for a monster apocalypse, it's, it's something big and nasty. Um, it's... Um, it could be animal intelligent, like 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 dolphins are smart, but they're not human intelligent. You know, but yeah, they're and smart. It's, it's, it's kind of the invasive species problem. Yeah. But a monster apocalypse is what happens when you get an invasive species introduced into human civilization that just can't get along, you know, with all this uh, all these highways in the way of its yeah. migration patterns. Uh, and um, it uh, they may not be looking to eat us, but we're, we're, they're definitely going to stomp their way through our homes and. Well, because they they, they definitely don't want us around. Because again, we're in the way. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, uh, one, like so, for instance, something like Cloverfield or the yeah. movie Pacific Rim. I'm not quite sure they count as a monster apocalypse because where do you go from monster apocalypse to just monster movie like a like a kaiju, God, like Godzilla. Godzilla. That's, I mean, that's just a monster movie because the monster always goes away at the end. They're always around. Have they destroyed? Has he destroyed a city? Absolutely. Is it an apocalypse for the city and they rebuild? But it hasn't had a, like you said, it hasn't had a global change on the environment eventually, yeah. I mean, or even 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 in a small area because they always rebuild and it's like okay, business as usual. Yeah, it always resets to zero, sort of in a in a, in a standard um, a monster movie, in a giant monster movie, whether it's Godzilla. Or Cloverfield or whatever. Well, well, Cloverfield, you know, could have had a larger span because were there more? They had all those little, those killer little freaking uh, parasites on it that oh, were fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, those, those are the best part, especially when they're you know, uh, night vision cam in the subway and they're coming right. They're like, oh my god, what is that? That was the when best. The, when the rats are running, where you're in the subway. Oh all yeah, the, the rats, rats first. All the rats are going this way. That that is a sign. Yeah, <laughs> you should be going someplace else. So, I, so, so I think it really at this point, because since they supposedly killed it and there's been no follow up, yeah. it's not really an apocalypse, you know. But it c could have turned into it. And Pacific Rim, which is coming out, like you mentioned, I don't know enough about it. All I know is it's like giant monsters uh, come to our dimension and want to destroy us all, and we come up with big fighting machines to fight them. So, is it just a big fighting monster movie like Transformers, or yeah. does it eventually lead to apocalypse? I don't know because we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be uh, about um, these monsters change our world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's not what's going to happen. 
Um, it's going to be about just us fighting the monsters. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, and gonna, so, yeah. and to add to about monsters, now do the monsters just have to be uh, mammals or, uh, no. or or lizards like cold blooded? Could they be? They could be plants, right? Yeah. Well, we will get to the triffids, I promise. Because oh, I you know, I was saying, well, but the monster could be it could be monster plants as well, right? It's, yeah. a, it's not just a, you know, big snarly teeth, clawed, you know, thing uh, stomping around, tearing your head off. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, I would throw out, you know, uh, not only is there is there plants the problem in Day of the Triffids, there is a Japanese anime called Nausicaa and the Valley of the Winds, which is this. Uh, it's a movie, and it's also a uh, a long-running manga cartoon, I think, from long ago, like the 80s, I think, where the problem was again an invasive species. Humanity has been pushed to the to the to the brink of extinction by something called the toxic jungle, which is this, some sort of new life that's arrived on Earth. There's just this jungle that that spits out spores that are you know, inimical to human life. And this new invasive species, this new environment, has terraformed Earth until humanity is pushed into these little tiny islands uh, where they can, only people they can read, places you can survive are places where there's a lot of wind blowing the spores away. So coastlines and things like that. Uh, and and it that, certainly... That almost reminds me of there is a... Oh, who freaking wrote it? Um... Brian Aldiss, uh, way back in like the 30s, 40s, wrote The Long Afternoon of Earth, apocalyptic novel. What happened is it's hundreds of thousands of years at, or millions of years. It's basically uh, Earth has become a big jungle, big overgrown plants, giant spiders. The, the Earth has stopped spinning, and it's hot. Mm -hmm. And... And it's 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 very sci-fi, and like humans are just these little insignificant specks there now. We're still around, but the overgrown jungle, giant things. Because like the I remember the spiders because they catch a ride on the spiders because they've made these web trails between the Earth and the Moon because it's all it's all stopped moving. It's all just kind of just sitting there, and like they go out into space to the Moon. It's it just kind of reminded me of that real quick. Brian Aldiss, Long Afternoon of Earth, very very early ap apocalyptic novel. Okay, um, so. Uh... So, yeah, they've the, got no problems with plants being on the agenda. Um, but I think the difference between a monster movie and a monster apocalypse is if you do a monster apocalypse, you have to show how the presence of monsters in daily life have changed society. Um, it's got to show that the world's a different place now. Cloverfield and Pacific Rim just show, uh, the the world under siege. Uh, they don't show what happens when we have to rest our entire way of living um, to the to the where there are monsters. Yeah. Um, so I think that's I think I think that's pretty good uh, parameters to work with. So we let's uh, let's maybe delve into some possible some some possible movies uh, okay. or there are definitely apocalypse. Now. Um, I think uh, well, let's uh, let's not let's let's save David. We're gonna definitely talk about Day of the Triffid guy. Yeah, uh, Day of the Triffid guy. That is the classic first classic. one. The first one out of the bag, and um, it is as far as I can tell, it's the it's the first one out of the bag, and it is um, uh, and it's that in a minute. Um, there are others. We'll cover a few other goodies first. Um, you know, what? the first time I realized there was such a thing as Monster Apocalypse was that movie Monsters. Monsters, yes. Yeah. Uh, we've both seen that. Um, uh, do you want to give the run-up on monsters, or should I? Oh uh, no, monsters! It's uh, basically there's a. It's not just an invasion, but we stop. Uh, if I remember correctly, like we like these uh, alien like pods or plants are are, are dropping from the freaking sky, and they all kind of go around the whole Mex uh, the whole like northern part of Mexico, and they start spreading around, attacking, and they're they're kind of very big octopus-like walking creatures, and uh, well, so. They come in. There's large battles, and eventually the lines are drawn. Where there's this whole, you know, like uh, like forbidden zone, contaminated, like contaminated zone, zona de contaminación. That covers from like the south of the U.S. border into Mexico, and they've they've isol isolated it uh, on the north on our border. They have these giant uh, walls, and um, and it's changed, you know, the environment because sometimes they come over the wall, sometimes they're around, but they generally stay within when they're air within their areas. 
And the premise of the movie is, um, again, it's changed society because, you know, you have these things that are always there. They've destroyed huge swaths of land, and there's always a threat of them breaking out, so they got to kind of keep control of it before they, so they don't engulf the whole world. And uh, well, the premise what's of this... The, what's the problem with the Mexicans are getting their country bombed on a regular basis by the Americans who are coming over to fix the monster problem, but they're yeah. flattening huge swaths of Mexico in the process. Well, you gotta you gotta get rid of the monsters. So uh. you know, it, it, there's going to be collateral damage, and um, you know they they're not American voters. So what does Congressman douchebag care that we're dropping bombs, you know, in the suburbs of Mexico City? He doesn't. So ba so basically, the premise of the movie is that, and it's uh, a reporter is in uh, south is in south in, in Mexico. And she has to get back across the United States. She misses the boat. She kind of partnered up with this guy who was there as well, a photographer. And it's basically their adventures on how they're getting through the monsters to back up north. So yeah. you see, you see a lot of the. You, once they get into the the, the 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 quarantine zone, you see a lot. You see some monsters. You see destruction. People are still living there. You know, in certain areas, especially on the board on the borderlands. You know. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job of showing that this uh, creating a world. And then here's the really creepy thing. This film uses a lot of CGI. And they use it very smart because a lot of their CGI is things like road signs. They, they went and just filmed Mexican government checkpoints and things uh, and changed the signs instead of customs to, you know, you know, Atencion, Zona de Contaminacion, and, you know, and, and put up all this information in Spanish about, you know, monsters and things like that beyond this point. And, and they did a great job of, like, taking the environment of Mexico, which, you know, looks a little fucked up. In fact, I think they used, when they get into Texas, didn't they use some of the area of Texas that had been recently hit by a hurricane? They might. So, I, I think yeah. they did. Because, well, Mexico is basically, you know, it's, a, it's the Hollywood backlot for the apocalypse, you know. So it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's already, it's, a, it's already, it's, it's, you know, you got pre-built sets. Yeah. No, no, no offense to our, our brothers to the south, but... Uh, but uh, yeah, well, it's the same thing for the Russians. Their country is already pre-apocalypsed. Um, but uh, so Monsters was the first one I noticed, but then it made me realize that there was that, uh, you know, eight years earlier, there's that bad Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale film, Reign of Fire, yes. where we've destroyed civilization with fire-breathing dragons, which, okay, not sure I'm quite buying that, but... Well, um, well, the, how they all came—they all came back, and they—I can't remember. Did they clone them, or they just—they woke up because they've been hibernating for they're, thousands they're of years. They're digging a subway tunnel in London, and they hit—they hit dragon. I mean, okay. as, as I can tell, they're digging down, and somebody, you know, hit that. Yeah, you know, that layer of dragon that the Earth has that goes all the way around. Did you learn about that in geo in in um in geography or yeah, whatever? Exactly, and uh, so right between the magma and the crust is dragon. Dragon. So they they struck dragon. The dragon shoot out of the hole, not unlike a geyser of petroleum, really, and proceed to set fire to fucking everything. And on the one hand, I like the idea that half the reason they fucked us up is because they burn everything, forests. Crops. I mean, oh, yeah, the, the, you know that 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 every single fire is a problem, and because apparently they're eating the ash or something, so they're burning everything down so it'll be edible. Um, you know, eating ash is kind of. I don't, I don't get know. It. Yeah, I don't get it. What's with but, their uh, digestive tract? Look, it's a ten-hit die monster. It can only breathe. It uses its breath weapon twice a day. Oh if yeah. The monster manual taught us anything about dragons. Well, I did. I did like how they tried to at least tried to be a little pseudo scientific with it, like how it actually formed the fire. Oh so, yeah, I mean, yeah. That I mean, with the you know the two different spouts and you know with the different chemicals that come out. So I mean, that kind of stuff was interesting. But the whole thing is like I don't remember, but I've, there must have been like a million of them or something because it's like, how did we not defeat them? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, they can maneuver better than our aircraft. Okay, but you know I think our aircraft could probably fly faster. Okay, maybe helicopters. I don't know, heat-seeking missiles, fire dragons. What about all these wonderful anti-aircraft defenses we have? Couldn't we have taken those fuckers down with that? You know, any battleship out in the water has anti-fucking aircraft, anti-missile systems, and you can see a fucking dragon coming. Why couldn't they kill them? I don't get it. Yeah, well, apparently uh, they couldn't kill them because reasons. Ah. 
What reason? What reasons? The delicious little chocolate candy that you? No, uh, uh, reason, I'm sorry. As in uh, plot, we have to get the plot moving. Oh, plot so, device. Plot so device. It's okay. too late for. It's too late for actual things. We're just going to have plot. Okay, moving along. We lost. Um, and I, I saw that, and that one I liked uh, insofar as that it showed the sort of they showed the society after the apocalypse and how it adapted to all that and dealing yeah, with it. Well, on a daily one basis. of my favorite bits being instead of where the two guys are putting on a play for the kids in the in the castle living in, and instead of doing Shakespeare, they're doing fucking Star Wars, where yeah. they're you know one guy's got a welder's mask on, and he's like, "I am your father," and all the kids are like. No, really? He's your father. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, civilization is over." If this is, if Lucas is our classics, if that's what we've, that's all we've got. Just bring on the dragons. Just let them finish this place off. Yeah, so I mean, they had some interesting ideas, and like I said, it's like apparently, like I said, our defense systems couldn't do anything about it, but apparently, a couple of assholes with a helicopter and parachutes and a fucking pickaxe could, you know, t take care of the dragon and problem. And a and harpoon. You can take care and of the harpoon. dragon problem. It's like, yeah. what was this? Disney's Dragon Slayer, nineteen eighty-one. You know, I don't. You know. <laughs> I'll admit. All right, I'll admit the dragons in Reign of Fire look almost as good as the one in Dragon Slayer. That was the first time I saw a dragon that didn't have six limbs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those yeah. have the wings and four legs. When the Dragon Slayer shows up, which John Dykstra, who did the Star Wars special effects, did that dragon. It's like, holy crap! It's only got. Its wings are its hands, you know, and it had like, that whole like like a, like a pterodactyl would be, you know, a reptile. Yeah. yeah, or like a bat with that creepy bat crawl on, you know, yeah. with the folded up wings. Anyways, enough about dragons. But yeah. at least that film, uh, Rain of Fire, uh, I still managed to enjoy it. There's a lot of people who've gone on to have much bigger and better careers since then. Yes, uh, including what's his name from Three Hundred, whose name has escaped, Jared Butler. What the uh, the buff guy? Yeah, Butler. Wait, 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 wait. Which one wasn't the buff guy? The, uh... I was about to say, you're going to have to narrow it down uh, in 300. I think the only one who wasn't buff was perhaps the hunchback, and it was still a pretty buff hunchback. It'd be, he was um, buffer than you or I, I'll tell you that. But... Oh, yeah, that's true. That's easy, because I'm built like, I, I, have, a, I have a physique like a week old eggplant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad imagery. But, yeah, uh... it, is, it is. Well, it spreads out. You put it down on the table, it spreads out at the bottom. It's just not... That's when the that's when you should need it. That's what you I think I'm going to be sick. But uh, <laughs> let's not, let's stop talking about my ass. I mean, <laughs> you 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 ran with it, sir. Okay, I didn't run with it. Something less monstrous, shall we say? Something okay. less monstrous than that. Uh, shall we talk about uh, the another mist. the mist? Thank you. Yeah. Love, no. love, love that film. Yeah, absolutely love the mist. There is your fucking monster apocalypse, where not only do the monsters change our environment by taking away our advantage of sight, you know, uh, but and, and turn the environment into something that's good for them and bad for us. But number two, they're pretty fucking horrible. I mean, oh, yeah. They're pretty horrible. Um, the Mist, I mean, I read it as a, I read it as a short story. Uh, it was a radio play that I listened to on NPR way back in the 80s. And then 2007, the movie comes out. And wait, 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 wait! You listened to NPR in the 80s? Yes. Oh my God! You're so that, that, that's where you got to hear the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Radios, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio plays, uh, back when they first came out in the BBC. So that's oh. no excuse. Not a good excuse. No, not a good excuse. But uh, you got to so, yeah. at least wait to your 20s. You start listening to NPR, but uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, the mist, great, mo terrible monsters. The whole you know government fuck up. You know with uh, what was it? The Arrowhead. Uh, Arrowhead uh, project. Arrowhead projects. Like, oops, oops, oops. We yeah. opened up the gate and we can't close it. And now you get all these ooga the boogadas, freaking uh, crawling around in the mist and just fucking everything up. Um, yeah. Oh, but just an overall uh, view of the movie. Great movie, great movie, great tension. Um, great that they did not have a. I love again. If you again, people, if you haven't seen the things we're talking, if you haven't seen the things we're talking about, you know what? Don't listen. But it's six years old. It's six years old. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Mist by now, for Christ's sake. Well, I'm not going to reveal the end, but it's like it had an unhappy ending, and people hated. I know so many people who hated that ending, and I'm like. I was like, I think I applauded at that ending. Because I was like, thank you. Thank you for making a not 
fucking Hollywood happy ending for once. Oh, yeah. It is the, to me, it is the worst possible ending. Oh, it's, it's horrible. The it's ending horrible. where the apocalypse is successful and humanity is on the trash heap of history and we're all going to die and there's no way out, that's bad. Yeah. But the ending that happens is actually worse. Yeah. To me. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. actually a much more horrifying, terrible, depressing ending. Well, he had to make a he had to make a tough decision and a bad decision, and it's not a decision that there's any good time to execute it. Never. And it just so happens he was wrong in the worst way wrong, he could possibly wrong, wrong. be wrong. He well, but, 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 but we don't know. But we don't know because it ended and it seemed to be on a high note. But if I remember, I didn't read the story, but I remember at the end of the story that it doesn't really have anything. It just keeps on going. They're no. just going. So yeah. maybe just that isolated pocket's got their shit together, but who knows in the story in the world, maybe it's, okay, yeah, we got our shit together here, but maybe other places it's not. Maybe they didn't recover. We don't know. Yeah, because remember, they drive a long way before oh, yeah. they gas. Yeah, that's pretty uh, far. They drive that... a long way. The, all of New Brunswick and the state of Maine could still be under, under, under the mist. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, they have that giant thing walk around the size of a fucking mountain, and there's fucking, like, fucking... Uh, dodo birds flying around the fucking top of it, whatever giant bird. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, thing was yeah, so like, fucking big. How do you bring that down? It's as big as a fucking building, like like the, like a skyscraper. I, I'm thinking some of those uh, some of those weapons that didn't work on the dragons clearly could could be a good start. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Presumably, you can find anything inside it like an organ. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, it's nothing but a giant sponge that every bit of it is, you know, just as alive as every other bit of it. You're gonna have to burn it to the ground before it. It stops flopping around, but they at least uh, it was a monster apocalypse, and that the end of the world is caused by monsters. Monsters, yes, they're alien monsters, but that again, it's that invasive species thing. Well, but they're not necessarily alien. I mean, they're more uh, extra dimensional, so we could kind of argue. But they're, they don't—they don't have that. They're like animal intelligence, yeah, giant, crazy bug things and spider things, things with tentacles. They don't—they didn't seem to have an agenda, you know. No. They're just being themselves. They're just being natural. They're they're just filling this niche in the environment. Yeah. yeah. So that's definitely I think qualifies as a, a monster apocalypse. Yeah. Now, um, uh, let's see here. Two other. One of that I would I'd like to throw out um, is a film that I haven't seen yet. Uh, and the reason I haven't seen it is because, um, and it relates a little bit to In the Mouth of Madness. I would say that there is the that the that. In the Mouth of Madness is a film by John Carpenter from the, I guess, the very, very late '80s, early '90s. In the, and, in the Mouth of Madness, I don't, th I'd never heard of that. Um, it's uh, In the Mouth of Madness is a uh, is dude, a basically dude, the dude, uh, dude, I'm, dude, I'm fucking with you. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Jesus. How, how could I have not seen that movie? It's yeah, a classic. Dude. Maybe the maybe the monk maybe the ghost monkey performed a lobotomy on you. Okay. You sleep. Did you wake up with a bruise right here on your eye? Uh, my ear was kind of really aching, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the apocalypse that's going on in the mouth of madness is everyone's being transformed into horrible Lovecraftian monsters, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely more of a supernatural kind yeah. of thing, but still, yeah. well, maybe, maybe it isn't. I don't know. It's like, is it supernatural? Is it not supernatural? But, but you don't really. But again, since you don't see what how society is like afterwards. Um, there's no. It's really just. It's not really a monster apocalypse. It's 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 all about the buildup. Now the movie Dead Shadows is a French film, and if you go out and you look up the trailer online, it will knock your socks off. It is, it's very much like that, except instead of the, uh, you know the 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 you know the writing of this writer changing the world because people read his writing and believe in it. That reshapes the world the way that you know when people believed in the Bible, that belief changed the world. So we lived in a biblical world. Well, now that this horror writer sells more books than the Bible, we're our world's turning into the horror world that he wrote because of the the strength of human belief or whatever. I guess that's what's going on in Mouth of Madness. In Dead Shadows, it's just a creepy meteorite or comet goes by the Earth, and everyone starts to turn into horrible creatures. Giant, horrible, multi-legged, tentacly, vicious, too many teeth, way too many vaginas, too many teeth in the vaginas, too many vaginas in the teeth. Just horrible, horrible creatures and killing each other in the streets. And our hero is trying to escape before he mutates, before he becomes one of them. Hmm. And uh, 
it, the previews look pretty good. Um, it's uh, and certainly it looks like the whole you know if you look at the previews it looks like the whole city of Paris is being destroyed by some giant Lovecraftian Cthulhu-sized amorphous monster at the end. Hmm. So it's I'd say it's clearly a fucking monster apocalypse. Even if I haven't seen it, um, it's not just a little corner of the world. It's everybody. The problem is everywhere. That's true. Sounds good. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Uh, a couple, uh, we, couple. We, we uh, tried uh, to get it for the film festival for the H.P. Lovecraft film festival, but the, it was uh, we just it just didn't happen last year. Oh, okay. Uh, a couple of quick things. I'll throw a couple of co- co- quick small ones out, and then we'll hit uh, probably the meat of what we want to talk about. Is uh, yeah. one of our favorites. You know, Day of the Triffids is. Uh, uh, I mentioned earlier. It's a plant. It's it could have been a plant apocalypse if it would have come to fruition, but it might have, was the wonderful, fantastic film by M. Night Shyamalan, The Happening. That's another plant apocalypse, you're it's right. A, it is a plant apocalypse. You know, they're sending out these pheromones to make people want to kill themselves. So it was kind of, you know, transforming the environment because, you know, unless you had love in your soul, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be defected by the, the pheromones. Yeah, I know. But uh, but it could have you know wiped out humanity and like apparently everything was cool and then and then at the end like oh my god it's happening again so it could have turned into an apocalypse to where there wasn't many people left because the earth was getting pissed and trying to tell us hey you better watch yourself so it potentially could have been apocalyptic but not very good because, I guess. It, because it doesn't show what happens afterwards it's more of a disaster movie it's exactly like, yeah it's more like um, the bay I mean I love the bay. Uh, but it's a disaster movie, not a uh, not an apocalypse. Yeah. You know. Um, and then the only, uh, the only things I'd mention is that technically, you know, sure, zombies are a monster apocalypse, but it's such a huge category, it stands on its own. Yeah. Would, yeah, it's got. They have their own apocalypse zombies. So. But I would throw in. I would like to throw in Stakeland from 2010. Your yes, again, fantastic movie. Vampire. Low budget. Super Very. small budget. It is it is small budget independent film, and I said I think it's a fantastic film. I do own it, but I will say at one point it does suffer from indie film syndrome. At one point, I will say that there does get to a point where it's like, oh my god, come on, you know, enough with trying Ooh. to create atmosphere and mood. Keep, but, keep moving forward. Don't slow the story down. And they do. It has some it has some serious lag. Yeah. But it's got strong strong ideas and very good. Very strong. You know, because it's vampires, but it does what I like. It actually turns vampires back into monsters. They're actually not, you know, they're not, you know, walking around and sparkling in the daylight or or even Bram Stoker type of, oh, I'm a gentleman. They're monsters. And that's it. They're there to feed and eat you. That's it. Yeah, no seduction, no Eurofag accents, yeah. no, no, no dressing like a head waiter. They're just slithering, you know, just dirty monsters, things. Yeah, and there, 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 there's, there's no organizations, there's no, uh, you know, there's no uh, covens, there's no, you know... Um, Tribes or Camarilla stuff. Yeah, none, it, of that, none of that bullshit. They're just monsters, which I think is fantastic. Uh, again, good film. I could say, yeah, that... That could be, you know, we could say is it a vampire apocalypse? But again, how how do we classify vampires? But if we just classify these as monsters, yes, I'd say that definitely is a monster apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, and I, I think that's really it's really one of the best ones. And the only other things I want to throw out are, um, uh, you know, that movie, the, the video game coming out, The Last of Us, has got its fungus zombies. But I I don't know if they if they fill the, if they fill the role of Zombies so completely, maybe they're not really monsters, uh, or like what what I'm trying to define. But on the books department, there's David Gerald did a series of books called The War Against the Couture, and it is an alien invasion where the aliens aren't even bothering to show up and zap us with their death rays. They've just infested the earth with invasive species. Their plants are crowding out our plants. Their animal life is is devouring everything that we've got: our crops, our livestock are people and the couture are these giant you know sort of uh, city bus sized armored caterpillar things that uh, are tromping around uh, you know uh, the world building nests greeting 
and pushing humanity further and further back. And that was a pretty darn good monster apocalypse because David Gerald spends an enormous, maybe too much time, defining how the war is changing the world. Uh, how society is changing under the, how at first, you know, the world ignores the problem. Uh, they, they, um, they're, they're, they try and uh, pretend it's not happening. When the Americans say, hey, this is a problem, we need to get on top of it. The whole world is like, oh no, this is just an excuse for the American imperialists to rearm and start their war machine. And uh, we're going to make sure that no matter what, you guys don't rearm. So the result is places like Brazil and Mexico get eaten, you know, while they're standing around worried about what America's going to do with its, if it tries to become a global superpower again, or if it has the ability to become a global superpower again. Um, and he, he talks about how the, you know, society changes and stuff, but some of it gets off the rails. Um, Ger Gerald's got a number of eccentricities, shall we say, that um, in some ways get in the way of the story, but I guess the war against the Couture, and it's got to be a book series from the 80s and 90s, was one of the sort of, the, was sort of a classic monster apocalypse. But that's that's all the ones I can think of before we get to the really important one. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, again, anything else is, you know, kind of insignificant. You know, it's possibly, you know, like, uh, oh, yes, our good friend Day of the Triffids. Book, movie. There we go. Uh, so Day of the Triffids, Monster Apocalypse, Monster Plan Apocalypse. Uh, yes. It was originally a book, which then eventually became a black and white movie. And... Oh, no, the movie is color. It's a, The book's 51 oh, right. by John Wyndham. Uh, the movie is 1962. It is color. Uh, there's a 1981 TV series of which I've got my copy. Ta-da! Uh, the 1981 C TV series with that classic British television, not the best special effects that ever happened. And then there is a. I have my copy as well. Uh, not in, it's in the other room, but I do have it. And uh, the box still packed up from Move Apocalypse. But then there's a there was a recent 2009 TV series that. Yeah, I heard about it. Didn't see didn't see or hear anything about it. Well, you know, I'm automatic. I'm an old fuddy duddy, so I'm all thrilled with the the Triffids in the 1981 version were puppets. Essentially, there was an actual critter. You know, on the set with the actors. Same thing in the '62 movie. It was a practical effect. Practical effects, not not CGI it's effects. All CGI in the 2009 one, even for the close-up sort of intimate scenes. Now, they the '81 thing, you know, did plenty of video effects to like, you know, make there be. They probably had six to ten Triffid models for the for their for the show, and then they, you know would do video effects to layer those in to make more larger and larger herds of triffids. Well, that's fine, but they were still uh, real uh, real effects, real props. So so anyway, so uh, we'll probably, uh, they said that, uh, as mine, that is my favorite as well. The 1981 was a British miniseries. Was there, uh, was there, was it the standard six episodes that they, that they do? Uh, yeah, let me just see here. Uh, 157 minutes, which is, um, does it, does yeah, that's uh, that's three hours, right? Uh, break it open. Does it say uh, how many episodes, or does it got any episode list or anything? I, I don't. Uh, again, mine's not, mine's not Let's handy. Let's our little booklet that comes with it and see what it tells me. Uh, six. Six episodes. Six episodes. Yay, he gets it. Well, I only get that, folks, because that's standard British TV, six episodes, you know, for, mini, for, for a miniseries. So start to finish. Um... If for those who aren't familiar with Day of the Triffids, um, uh, yeah, now, give them the backstory. Yeah, basically, if I remember correctly, it is a triffid is a plant, and we make this. Uh, we scientifically, we scientifically generated and made this plant to solve our petroleum problem because we were able to get a more efficient fuel out of these plants. But the thing is, these plants were uh, somewhat a little bit sentient, you know, at least in an, like in an animal intelligence way, or at least. We didn't know the, we didn't know this right away, but because uh, but people are like these things are acting weird, you know. Yeah, but but they're, they're but they're they're carnivorous. They're yeah. mobile. They can oh. get around very very slowly on their roots, and they kill shit and then just dip their roots in the rotting bodies, and and draw nutrients out of rotting corpses. Yep. So they're 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 uh, they're carnivore they're carnivores. Uh, they'll kill you and they'll eat you. So 
Normally, they've got the the, 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 the thing that the, the stamen in the flower is shoots out like a tentacle with a poison stinger. It paralyzes you, and then they just start you know uh, digesting you like a like a flywood or something. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, normally, these plants would not be a problem because we have them in farms and we have electric fences and they try to get around. None of this is a problem because we got it all under control. Except, wait, this uh, well, it was a comet, right, that went by? Yeah, a meteor shower. Of, uh... it, was a meteor, it was a meteor shower that happened, and it mysteriously, because of the lights or whatever beams that came out of it, anybody who looked at it was blinded. That created a problem. Because most of the world's population was blinded. So went outside, stood up, looked up, and said, Hey, this is going to be a once in a lifetime event. Uh, I can't see. So The blind apocalypse that's stapled on top of this is pretty fucked up. Just the part where the whole population, 95, 99%, they're not dead. They're yet. blind. They're not dead. That all comes from that because people can't see. If they can't see, they walk into things, fall off of things. They can't find food, and they starve remember, to death. Remember the scene where the guy's trying to get the paint can open or something, and because he, he doesn't know it's not food. Yeah, I was just like, oh god. And so the, our hero see comes over and tries to take the paint can away from him, like because like no, no, it's food, it's food. He's like, no, sir, it's just paint. He's like, you're lying, it's food. You can't take my food. I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, so so you get some people who are not blinded by this, and um, so you have their trials and tribulations of trying to uh, trying to get out of like a, like a major city, and they get out of the major city, and they they have their problems. Like one of the characters, like you know, some of the blind people like find them and hold their like hold ones of hostage. You gotta be our eyes and lead around. So you start seeing these things where there's like you know packs of like ten people being led around by one person who could see. Handcuffed together. Well, that well, that's later. That's a different. That's a different thing because eventually they come across what's some remnants of the government, and they're like, "Oh, you can see. Great, we could use you. Um, you're you're in charge of these ten people, and you gotta like put them in houses and take care of them and show and show them where to buy food, and you're gonna gather resources." They try to get this whole organization, which I mean, really isn't a bad idea because I mean, why out? What else are you gonna freaking do, right? I mean, well, you, I, was, I was actually gonna say that 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 it's it, it's it was just the opposite. It starts off where. They find something that's like the government, and they're like, sure, come on in. We're going to get out of London, move to the Isle of Wight, reorganize the things, but we're leaving all the blind people behind. We're just cutting them loose. Oh, that was, that, 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 was a diff, that was a different group. Well, I guess there was two groups then? But, but that one activist, there's that one guy who's like the activist who's like, you bastards in there, you're the power, and you won't help these people. And he's the one who tries to organize the bands, and our hero, oh, our hero, gets gets caught and dragged around with these bands of blind people. And when he finally gets free, he still won't abandon them because he feels he feels so guilty about leaving them. You know, so he's still helping them, but they don't make it. They just don't make it until the only people left alive are our main character who worked on the Triffid farm and the activist who kidnapped him and forced him to help. That's the only two people who are left alive at the end. Oh, well, then there's the the thing at the with with the government is like, yeah, we're gonna go to this island, and it's like, oh, you're a woman, it's great, cause now you have to make sure that we gotta. It's a whole about breeding yeah. again. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you gotta make sure you can't be you can't be committed to anybody because you're gonna have to breed with all these at least three men, and you gotta have babies, and we gotta keep the population going. Oh yeah, when they start getting all organized, it's like, oh really? So uh, what I want's out the window? Yeah. Yeah, you're you're Welcome you're to the emergency. It's all what you want no longer counts for shit. So yeah, you're 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 going to be spitting out uh, you know children for the rest of your life. Enjoy it. You know that's uh... maybe your granddaughters can have jobs, but right now your job been, is you know, you've been demoted. Um, yeah, yeah, so you, the, get, uh, so you get all this craziness until eventually they get out into the uh, into the wilderness. Yeah. Per se, you know, out of the cities, and they encounter groups of people, and they try to organize. Again, it, I mean, the effects aren't the great, but it's the constant threat of the plants are there all the time. You know, because they're quiet; you don't fucking hear them. People oh yeah, that was another. That was another thing is how creepy quiet they are until they find a prey, and then they got that thing where their roots will beat against the big sort of pitcher plant trumpet that they have that flower that's like a pitcher plant's trumpet. Yeah, and they beat against it; it makes this horrible. Knock, 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 knock sound that the other plants can sense the vibrations and will all kind of like a zombie moan. Yeah. And then they all, all start flocking in. 
That's right. They they sense vibration. They're like, don't move. They can't see, but they can feel your vibration. So they have to like. There's a couple of encounters where they yeah. gotta stop, stay still. Don't make it like the you know. Yeah, uh, but Triffids uh, and, and the the 1981 series that you have and I have is the closest thing to the original book. Yeah, um, it's the closest thing to the original book, and it's a great. Uh, and the book is really good. The one thing that they did in the. Um, 62 movie that I always thought was interesting because it never came up again was uh, in the 62 movie one of the big things about where there are survivors and organized government survivors is that huge numbers of Navy personnel survived um, anyone who was in a submarine on station you didn't surface yeah to see the pretty lights during the Cold War it's 1962 so the submarine crews all get through it um, the same thing with, uh, you know, um, the guys manning silos, you know, all those guys survived just fine. And, uh, in the 62 film, there's a thing where, you know, the Navy has showed up, uh, at, in England and are trying to, you know, do reconstruction and whatever. Uh, there's a scene with some, these submarines where I think they're literally transporting sighted survivors to the Isle of Wight or off the coast of England to, you know. Uh, and that doesn't come up in any of the other versions, but I always thought it was—I always thought that was kind of interesting that, yeah, one group that would survive, anybody who's in a submarine on station. Yeah, and all those guys are going to have new problem. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely a good one. I don't know if it's available on any like uh, Netflix or Hulu or one of the. I'm trying to remember if it was if it's available. I, I think that the most recent Triffid may be available. I'm going to go ahead and look it up right now. Yeah, I don't know if the uh, the eighty one the eighty one is probably the best, and it, and it has them dealing with the plants and how they you know eventually they you know build their fortress and how to defend against it and how they kind of try to re, you know rebuild their society. It's like how they you know like in survivors, like well, how do I rebuild my way of life? How do we continue on as quote unquote normal? So yeah, and and because it's a British apocalypse, you get that information. It's not just about you know um, uh, you know. How are we going to fight the guys with the mohawk this week? You know. Yeah. And they and if I remember, Triffids, the eighty-one Triffids, they advanced the clock like ten years into the future, where there's a little girl they say, and by the end she's a woman. Yeah, they remember? definitely do, they, they do advance a little bit. Most and also there uh there's a guy with a helicopter too or something like. Yeah, that was the activist who kidnapped him at the beginning and was all like, you know. We're going to save the blind people, and by the time they're done doing that, all the blind people are dead, and he's like, well, I guess I'll go find those guys who went to the Isle of Wight and apologize for being a dick. Yeah. And so he eventually goes to the Isle of Wight and comes back with the news that it's working, that they have, you know, island-wide triffid gathering contests to burn off all the seeds and kill all the fledgling plants. But... Um, well, like he learned to fly, like he learned to fly a helicopter, and like I remember, like somebody came, like, "Hey, there's a helicopter!" It's like, "Yeah, I had all this time to learn how to fly it," you know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. All it cost me was two helicopters, and now I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was like though was at some point when they finally got their little coastal, you know, their coastal compound with the generator and everything, and they're they're camped out by the sea, uh, were the guys who turned up in the armored car. To announce that we're from the provisional government, and yeah, always, you know, yeah, they, uh, no. And what was cool was the guy who's the spokesman for the you know they're all in uniforms and everything, and all look real snappy. Uh, except the one guy's got these earrings uh, in his ear, and it suddenly remained. You know, and and it, it, it was a throwaway scene, three four episodes before, maybe five episodes before, where that guy who's now major something or other, of the provisional government. He's one of the punks scavenging in London. Oh, yeah. You know? He's just this, this, this punk who's gunning down blind people who get too close to his patch, you know? And now the apocalypse has made him. He's a, he's a man of property. And, you know... He's, a, a, he's, he's, a, he's a made man, you know? Uh... Yeah. All he had to do was not look at the meteor shower and woo -hoo! In the, lane, in the kingdom of the blind, you know, and I, I really liked that this character who you saw just as a throwaway thug, and you think, well, you're never going to see him again. Now you see him again. He turns up, and suddenly he's the authorities. So uh, 
the original 81 Triffids uh, miniseries, awesome. Uh, the remake, mm, not so good. Um, uh, it suffers from the same problems as the remake of the Survivors, of, of Survivors, because it's less about dealing with the situation and more about people getting on each other's nerves. Yeah, exactly. Not to it, sound like grognards, but sometimes this, the older stuff is better because they just, they just did it better. They didn't, you know, they just tried to tell a good story, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, everyone likes to see people arguing. Why do you think, you know, uh, reality, reality TV? TV. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, sadly, uh, non-reality TV has taken a lesson from those programs. And what people want to see is conflict between the characters. Well, um, but, yeah, the, the, best, the best monster apocalypse is clearly the Trippets. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it keeps getting remade. I mean, it keeps getting done again, which amazes me. The story is now 62 years old. One book, one book, one movie, two TV series, and three radio versions. I, I when I looked it up on Wikipedia, oh, the BBC has done it as a radio play many times, uh, and that just you know, and, and God it's, knows it's, it's very deserving. There may be some comics out there. I am not aware of them. There could yeah, be. Triffids keeps coming back for more, um, and and uh, it, it and, and certainly the whole blind apocalypse thing is freaking horrible. You yeah. know, we are two fucking delicate organs away from being somebody else's breakfast. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, that really is unnerving in, in, in the Triffids. That that's the only thing that keeps us ahead. That's gone, we're fucked. We're totally, totally screwed. So. Yeah. So, folks, if you can check it out, definitely, definitely worthwhile. Probably our best recommendation for uh, a monster apocalypse. Uh, oh yeah, check it out again. The nineteen eighty, it was eighty one. Eighty one. Eighty one British TV series. Uh, uh, I think it's a. I think it is available on disc in our region. I think they came out with a. With a did they come out with an our region version? Is or is yours? Uh, um, yeah, mine is uh, NTSC. Region one. So okay, that's so they. Yeah, yeah, that's us. They did come out with a yeah. I think the first version I had was the yeah. uh, Region Two version, but then they came out with a uh, American version. So I got the American version just because yeah. you know it works better with the system. So again, folks, you could check that out. All right, well, so uh, we've talked a lot, a lot of monster apocalypses. Uh, some you know some good recommendations there. Uh, if if like, anyone's seen Dead Shadows, if there's anyone out there seen Dead Shadows, the French film, please comment on the YouTube page. I'd love to hear somebody's. Uh, take on it um you know i have not been able to track it down yet but i'm hoping to do that very soon cool very good uh just to let you guys know ne uh, next show two weeks we're gonna do uh we're gonna talk about comics and graphic novels in the apocalypse uh, i have an extensive collection of uh graphic novels and some comics myself for the apocalypse there's a lot of there's a, there's a there's a fair amount of stuff out there not just talking about zombie comics with there's there's a bazillion of them ever since the whole zombie thing took off. But there's a lot of I got a lot of old school ones, and uh, we're going to be having a, a a guest guest on next week, uh, William T. Thrasher, who was on us previously when we were talking about um, uh, games. Because he, I was talking to him about comics, and he's like, "Oh, what about this and that?" So he had a couple of uh, comic uh, post-apocalyptic comics that I'd never heard of. So we're going to be uh, having him join join the conversation uh, on next show, which will be in uh, two two Mondays from now. So. Excellent. All right. So uh, again, I don't. Uh, again, not very. You know, I don't have a lot uh, to say this time because again, I've uh, been dealing with my move apocalypse. But as I always say, not in the monkey lobotomize you when you're sleeping. I've warned you about that monkey. I I can't do anything about it. But not, uh, <laughs> not now that it's planted the chip in your head. What? What was that? <laughs> what? But uh, um, again, always begin, folks. Be so be socially social media responsible. I said, if you like the podcast, you know, you know, like it on YouTube. You know, like our Facebook page. Share it with your friends. Let other people know about it. Because the more f people we have listening, the more followers we have, the more the word could spread. So you know, follow us on Twitter. You know, go to the blog. You know, follow the Facebook page. To, again, tell your friends because Facebook page has been pretty static. I haven't got over about uh, fifty something people in a while. So. If you haven't liked it yet and you are watching, like it. You know, tell your friends to like it. You know, share it, share it on uh, you know other on your page. Share it around you know the internet. You know, again, watch on the YouTube, like the YouTube ones. And again, 
now that I've, you know, once I get settled in, I'm going to be able to go back to working on the audio. I promise. Yes, I know it's another Jared promise that, oh, he'll get around to it eventually, and I will get the audio thing squared away so I can get on iTunes so you'll be able to just down, just subscribe to the podcast and listen to the audio. I am working on that. I promise once I get this house in order. All right. A likely story. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, we noticed that you're clearly not in the same room you started in, so something has – there has been some forward progress uh, for moving prime base. Yes, um, it is now in a new location, more more north, a little bit more, uh, more away from the um, – the contaminated zone, so it's a little <laughs> little safer theor theoretically. We'll see what happens. Um, All right, uh, I guess we're signing off. Then I have no uh, last words necessarily, except you know, if you haven't seen Triffids, uh, you're only hurting yourself. Exactly. So there you go. All right, so folks, again, two weeks we're going to talk about uh, comic books, graphic novels, and the apocalypse. Uh, thank you again for joining us as always. And I am the apocalypse nerd, and I'm Scott Glancy from Pagan Publishing. And uh, thank you very much, and we will see you in two weeks. Good night, folks. Good night.